Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dent, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neil Tip as we are in Venice. Ah, Venice. Um, and so tonight we have a special show for you to uh, get ourselves moving across the Mediterranean. Uh, but before we do, we need to get to introductions. So to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play May Boucher, and... Um... We're going to get on a boat again. Yeah, you know, because the first time wasn't an absolute shit show, you're going to do it again? Or the second time? Oh, right. Yeah, we don't talk about that, do we? <laughs> so far. What is it with you guys in boat travel? Anyway, uh, to uh, Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we are definitely getting on a boat again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there won't be, like, windows shattering and beans... I mean, anything could happen, right? At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And I'm just excited we're getting to Egypt, finally. Yeah, you know, I think that goes for probably most of us. Um, I, we can't speak for Dr. Tottenbach because he's not with us this evening. Um, but I'm certain that, um, last but most certainly not least, we'll get an opinion from um, from Sam. Uh, this is Alex. I'm playing Sam Perron. And uh, a lot can happen at sea. It's so true. It's so true. Uh, so we raised the curtain tonight back at a wonderful Italian bed and breakfast where the uh, some of the investigators have uh, sp- spent the evening being wined and literally dined by a wonderful extended Italian family and then done a little bit of thinking on kind of where they're going to go when they finally get to Cairo. Um, and then outside of such an uh, fairly nice residence, we see Sam uh, walk into our, our view. And so, Sam, it's pretty clear that uh, the family that lives here has been up for several hours. They probably wake uh, very early to uh, to tend to their guests. What time is it when I arrive? By the time you arrive, it's probably seven. Okay. You had to take a couple of ferries to get back over. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, unless I can walk in, I will. Uh, I will knock on the residence. Hmm. Yeah, a uh, a woman answers the door. Oh, sure. Can I help you? Uh, yes, I've come to call on uh, the party that you're hosting currently. Oh, of course, of course. One moment. She uh, steps away from the door, kind of lightly but respectfully closing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jack, there is a knock on your door. My answer. Uh, yes. Uh, there is a, um, a man downstairs. He said he's come to collect you. Oh. It, or, or call on you? Yes, just, just a second. Of course. Let's go downstairs. Yeah. Uh, outside the, uh, 
At the Italian bed and breakfast here, there is uh, one Sam who looks probably a little tired. Yeah, and stiff. Uh, Sam, uh, how was your evening? Uh, eventful. Um, we should we should talk. Okay. Do you wanna do you wanna do it in there? Do you wanna come out here? Yeah, we we can we can do it inside. Is the uh, person still there? The Oh, no, no, no. She has disappeared. She's into the house somewhere working. Okay. She's actually probably getting um, breakfast and coffee ready for the rest of her guests. Sure. Uh, I will follow Jack in. Go up to my room or whatever. Sure, you find a relatively private spot. The rooms here aren't um, by any means extravagant, but they're big enough to have a bed and a chair and a desk and the regular appointments. So what'd you find out? There's no, there's a, there's a smuggler named uh, Diego who's willing to take us across quietly. Uh, he says we can leave as soon as we like. Uh, he says the trip should take about three days, weather permitting. All right, all right. Uh, what's the cost for this? Uh, I was asked to perform a service in Cairo for the purveyor. I won't uh, ask anymore. It's my debt to pay. All right, so when do we leave? Whenever you like. Uh, I figure... Yeah. If you all are ready to go before daybreak, we could uh, settle in on board, or you're planning on staying here for another... This place is nice enough, I suppose. No, we'll, we'll get everybody up, we'll get uh, breakfast, and then we'll head out. Sounds good. Yeah, I will collect my things and go hang out downstairs. Get everybody else up, moving. Yeah, um, breakfast has been made available for the, the group of you. The woman who makes breakfast is the daughter of the mother you think she does tell you that if your if your friend wants to have breakfast it's perfectly fine yeah we'll have uh, Sam join us thank you yeah they, they set up coffee and probably um, some type of sweet rolls and then uh, uh, probably fresh fruit that sort of thing outside on the cafe uh, tables What's the money that I got? Uh, uh, lira, lira, Italian lira. lira. Yeah, I'll um, I'll 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 slip whoever whoever is uh, hosting us the lira that I got. I mean, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> yeah, you give this young woman some lira. Yeah, it's, it's slip a tour. Thanks. She gives you a strange look, but accepts it. Sam, you see a group of young men heading down towards. Um, the lower elevations in Venice. Um, they're dressed very similarly. These are likely fascists. Okay. Uh, Jack, eventually when they pass near the, uh, near the table, you, you ID the same group that you saw last night. Uh, several of them, there's probably a group of about six or seven. And they definitely eye you and the table. You just, you know, watch them and say, <laughs> yep. So, Miss Lane and Miss O'Shea, you are awoken by the smell of fresh coffee and fresh food that has been placed out. The uh, the daughter of the uh, matron of the house says that uh, it's all available at, at the outside tables for you whenever you'd like. Take your time. There's no rush. I probably am going to rush a little bit so I can go out and be in the sun. Mm-hmm. I'm immensely excited to get to Egypt. 
Uh, the sun over the Mediterranean as it uh, rises is pretty nice as well. Um, but some of the buildings here look will probably block your direct sunlight view for a, a few minutes anyway. I take some time and wash my face and put my hair up. Mm-hmm. Get dressed into something else other than a nightgown. But Jack likes it that way. Oh, I mean, that's true. I should just probably wear my nightgown outside. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, we're going to swear that on the ship, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I head downstairs. Yeah, the group of the five of you have um, breakfast. Um, it's not by any means a massive English or United U.S. breakfast. It's pretty, it's pretty Spartan by that comparison. It seems like the further and further east you go, the less and less the food plates are. It's something you'd notice. The paper is available to anybody here who speaks Italian. Um, Miss oh, O'Shea. I could read it. Yeah. Uh, just reading the paper here, there's quite a bit of um, a- opinion when it comes to the political state of Italy. There's a lot of pro-Mussolini articles about how I mean, El Duce is solving all of these problems that have been the country has been laden with over the years um, a lot of good news is coming out of these papers mm-hmm. sure it is I mean not that Maeve would probably have any idea but no but just being able to read the uh, the paper without any sort of um, block as it were is almost invigorating because you want to know Okay, is there anything here I can't understand? Mm-hmm. There just doesn't seem to be. And then the sun hits. Yay. So are we all assembled and such? It seems that way, yes. So I think uh, now would be a good time to decide whether you want to take a uh, commercial ride or not. What have you procured for us? I mean, there's a it's a merchant vessel willing to take us across the Med to Egypt uh, quietly through customs. That sounds perfect to me. Yeah, quiet's better. We don't need Jack getting trying to get arrested again. <laughs> I got us through, didn't I? Yes, yes, you. you your charming ways got us through. Mm-hmm. I will pull out the piece of paper I have that has the address and the slit number on it. Um, and I'll just kind of pass it around the table. Let everybody look at it. It lists an address here. You're not familiar with the street designation or um, that sort of thing of the name by any means. But There's a ferry that goes to a small island off of here. I mean, we'll be going together, but just in case you get lost, we get separated. That's where we're going. When are we leaving? It's up to you. Whenever we want, apparently. They're ready to go. Wow. Well, at least they... they should be by now. It's very accommodating. Can I make a pit stop? I don't see why not. You know, since we're in Italy, you know what they have. Do you know what they have in Italy? Pizza. No, Italians. Yes, they don't they really do. have pizza. No, I know. And there's no pizza. Um, Italian leather. Lillian could probably use a new pair, a pair of boots. Mm, Italian leather boots. Wow, look mm. at you, fancy. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, she's right. got to keep up appearances, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. The tailors and the leather workers here in Venice would be a relatively easy pickup for you to get probably boots, depending upon 
what style and, and look you're after. Great. Um, so what time are we meeting for the boat then? Because I'm going to go and pick up some boots. What do you have? Noon? Or do we want to meet at the, I'm assuming we want to meet at the ferry to, to go to the boat. Why don't we just, yeah, why, don't, why don't we just, why don't we just all go get boots? <laughs> Together, everybody? Matching boots. Do you want a boots? No, we're going to go shoe shopping. <laughs> oh. Just what you wanted to do in Venice. I'll go shoe shopping with Ellie and Lane. It's fun. Yeah. It sounds like a blast. Can we talk about some things while we'll sh- while we're shoe shopping about like, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Like the, the, wait. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask, actually. You finished breakfast. Yep. My question is this, a functional question. Are you just grabbing your bags or your associated things and bringing them with you while you go shoe shopping? Or are you leaving them at the house and then coming back to the house before you go to the ferry? I think we leave them at the house because I don't think the boys want to be carrying a heavy ass trunk. Yeah, they're probably not. Okay. So, um, the. Unless uh, you're going to get wheels on it. Oh, that's something we should probably do, actually. No, because it'll roll around. It'll roll around the ship. Yeah, can we just get a, We can, can play just, the Benny. Can we just get a handcart. Play the Benny Hill theme. We could get a handcart. I'll just get a freaking handcart. We will say then that after um, having a little breakfast, or a lot of breakfast, depending on what your desires are, the group sets out that morning to um, soothe the need that you have for leather. <laughs> this lane. And you go shoe shopping. I'm a little perturbed as to why everybody needs to come with me, but that's fine. Because I don't I feel like I have an entourage now. Um, okay. Don't you always? No, no. I We're your entourage, actually. <laughs> and it's not it's not the other way around. So, yeah, like I had asked the lady of the house where I could find some good Italian Leather boots. Yeah, she absolutely points you towards the streets in, in Venice that you could get that at. Right. Um, so I start heading that way. And as I'm walking, assuming I'm towards the front, I try to position myself next to Sam. It's not hard. I'm pushing a handcart. I thought we were oh, leaving the bag. No, we're leaving them. Why? We're, gonna have to, we're just going to have to come back. Yeah, just get the handcart. We'll take him with. Okay. okay. So we say bye to our guests and our guests, our, our hosts, pulling up to the probably the right hand side of Sam. You're, you're being stuck. Yep. I continue pushing. I just kind of look at her. Like, I know she's there. I'll, I'll kind of half smile. I side eye him. I, I, I side eye him. And yeah, kind of a couple times. Did you want to turn? Did I want to turn to pushing the handcart? No, you can do that. Um, that's. <laughs> I, if you're getting tired, though, I, I, I'd be happy to help. I'm doing quite okay. Have I'm, Jack I'm do, do it. I'm doing quite okay. <laughs> I was just assisting. So I have a question. Do you, is it okay if I ask you questions? No. I'm kidding. I keep pushing the cart. <laughs> so how does, how does your possession work? It's not, it's not my possession. It's not quite that. It's not quite that simple. I'm just kind of confused. Are you the... Are you, My name is Sam. Is it you? Yes, I know. We, we've established this, but is that your body or is that was that somebody else's body first? I have memories of all of, all of my lives. Some are foggier than others. But So is your body immortal? 
What? I I assume not. I mean, I have the scars to prove it. I haven't well, been alive that long. I, I I'm just very confused. So you remember all your previous lives? Is that how it works? I'm just I'm very interested in how 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 you work. It's a, so am I. <laughs> so so was that body born, Sam? Or were you born some was the physical body born something else? I probably look physically uncomfortable when she when she asked that question. <laughs> and I just look absolutely my, my face just is nothing but curiosity. I'm not I I you know, there's no malice or you know, judgment. It's I don't think you're crazy. I'm just very interested. Whoever I was born hopefully died painlessly. Because whoever they had to become to endure what they had to endure was likely beyond my ability to uh, weather. So what are you? I stopped the handcart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not a ghoul. You're not a vampire. Uh, what I even know what a vampire is. You're not a werewolf. I'm a man. Well, maybe you're a Miss werewolf. Lane, I'm a man. Are you? I yes. Her, her cheeks reddened like a little bit. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell. I keep pushing the cart. She's like visibly confused. Like I, she's just uh, okay. I, she bounds ahead to go find the shoe shop. Miss Lane, you have uh, you have an occult skill, yes? I do. I can roll it. Sure. I got a twenty-five for my colts. This would be awesome. Oh, I got a sixty-two. I'm not pressing any luck for that. Yeah, we'll just plumb on. Um, you find shoes, um, several different types of shoes and boots. There are custom ones available if that is your thing. Um, but you're gonna basically have to shop off the rack That's if fine. you're gonna leave today. Yep, I find something that fits tight enough that it's not going to slip Mm -hmm. but loose enough that I can put my hatchet in it sure there's only one set that does that though it's a very pleasant uh, shade of red it's totally hot it's not bright red it's like a dark blood red Mm -hmm. you know I'm feeling it I'm I'm feeling that mood (laughs) especially after the uh, the dream that I had yeah Mm. Absolutely. So I I buy them. Yeah. Is anybody else buying any boots? Yeah, actually. No, I I plan on going barefoot through the sand. Yeah, I don't doubt you do. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say don't laugh because it's It's true. It's probably true. Yeah, I probably need a pair of boots. I actually suggest everyone get some boots. I will just fit in. So those of, you, those of you who need them, other than Miss Lane, obviously, she now has her blood red boots available. You find, Jack, you find some boots for men, but they're more like, they're more like fancier Italian leather shoes than, than boots. They have a bit of a heel to them. Okay, I might, I might have to wait until I get to Egypt. They're a little foppish, maybe? No. No? Yeah, I mean, for for you, uh, Miss O'Shea, you can you can find boots in in your foot size if that's what you're after. Um, you do, however, come across some very nice leather sandals, which are not boots, but they're very supple. Oh, 
I, I'll get those instead. Are you no. sure, Jack? I think those are calling your name. You know, they're tempting. They really are. I'm, I'm like right there on the edge. But um, no. All right. So um, boot shopping and um, strange and uncomfortable conversations over. The group heads to the ferry, a very small ferry, which takes them to a smaller island, uh, which is in within the purview of Venice, it seems. And you kind of take a longer walk around towards uh, the Mediterranean side of this island. And you walk up to a very small um, port where two or three ships are docked. And they look like merchant vessels. You know, they're not very large, uh, but they're likely way easier to navigate out of this port. This is us. Sam, you find Anthony. Okay. Uh, just seeming to put on a, a last couple of items. He waves at you. Yeah, I'll continue to kind of push the cart out in front. I will offer him a wave. And as I approach, I guess I will say, uh, is everything ready to go? Uh, yes, we're just uh, gathering some last items. But uh, Diego's already on board. He's he's ready to go. I'm going to uh, show them to the quarters. Okay. Yeah, aboard this merchant vessel... Again, the quarters are not by any means luxurious. They are functional. They are single rooms. Looks like there are six of them. And um, you meet in passing the captain of the vessel. Uh, He introduces himself as Diego. He's a short Italian man uh, who seems to have probably 30 to 40 years on Earth. And uh, he tells you that you'll be in good hands and that you should stow your items and um, we'll get underway. All right. He seems very direct. The ship begins to shove off from port. Unlike some of your other journeys before, there's no big fanfare like there was in New York when that big steamer ship left. And unlike leaving England in Calais, or in Dover bound for Calais, uh, there is no immediate, anyway, in climate weather. Uh, it, the Mediterranean right now is calm. It's peaceful. And in something that you have not really seen uh, very much, it is very blue. And as you make your way out through these kind of long coastal islands that seem to run near Venice, and you get into the Mediterranean, uh, the sun of the day hits the deck. And you feel probably something you haven't felt in six months, and that is actual warmth. It progressively throughout the day gets warmer. That's where I'm at. Fair enough. So what what I want to do is I want to condense a bit of the travel here. And so you learn pretty quickly, Jack, that the ship travels probably around six or seven or so knots. And you'll likely make... Port Said in about four days. And it's because the captain says he's going to be very careful in certain areas uh, because it's been made clear to him that we need to we need to be as careful as possible in our approach. So what I want to know is over those four days, what do you believe Jack would spend his time doing? Beyond the recovery portion, we know you're going to do that. And and likely by the time you hit Egypt, you will have you'll be fully recovered. Right. Um, 
uh, I want to spend some of the time, see if I can find uh, uh, some of the crew, maybe uh, play cards with, get to know. I want to see if they know kind of uh, life in in Egypt. Okay. You know, like if when we get to Port Said, uh, what should I know? How you know that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I suppose that would likely be um, probably a charm roll from Jack. Mostly because you're trying to make friends. Well, that'll go well. Such a charmer. Yeah, totally. That's all I am is charm. And no, 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 no. Would you roll there? 68 over 15. Okay. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like the, the men here have had a whole lot of uh, time in Port Said. In fact, you get the intense impression that they don't make many trips to Cairo or to Port Said, that is. Uh, that they're much more of a um, east-west vessel than they are a north-south on the Mediterranean. Like occasionally they might go to certain places uh, in North Africa and stuff like that if there's something to move back and forth. But um, you get the impression that they don't do a lot of travel there. People have told you some very obvious things, right? Watch your wallet and um, they wouldn't step into Cairo without a knife just because they've heard it can be very dangerous. I guess I'll read some of my books. And in general, I just want to kind of make sure that uh, everything's secure here. It seems like it. The crew doesn't seem to, they don't seem to pay very much mind to anything outside of what their captain orders. Although it would be, I would be remiss in saying that they don't say, keep an eye, perhaps a bit of a lecherous one on your female compatriots. Yeah, I mean, in general, that's what I'm more concerned about is their I will, safety. I will cut someone. Well, we know no, that, we but know they it. don't know that. Right. Um, it's probably within the first few, say, hours of the trip that you would notice that some of them like being on the deck, especially when Miss O'Shea is on the deck, mm-hmm. because she's very much interested in being in the sun. And you doubt that they very much have female passengers, if ever. Right. And so you probably keep an eye on her. Right. Or them. And then I want to, um, I think I want to repack the stuff in our false bottom. Okay. See if I can secure it better so it doesn't move or shift or you know, pack it with, uh, uh, put uh, cloth and stuff around it to try to. Sure. I want to have a repeat of Calais. <laughs> no, of course not. So you're repacking uh, the trunk and probably some of your stuff, just making sure, like, if you're going to have to make a a trip through customs, you want to make sure you're prepared. Mm-hmm. And you find a letter amongst your things that was not there before. Take it out and read it. It's addressed to you. It seems to lay out some very specific things, concerns, and um, desires for what what may come. Um, it's penned by a close friend mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of intent behind it. I'll put it, keep it close. But that said, the four days for you is a good time to recover. Um, you do manage to get things repacked to the point where you feel like someone would really have to do some serious digging and they would have to want to find the false bottom for them to get to it. Okay, good. Uh, So you do make do on that. You also likely 
while repacking things, stumble upon your crystal. And it trips um, a memory, a dream, about there being one that was left. You suddenly have an intense and, and almost burning memory that there was there was one handed that someone picked one up in a dream. You remember seeing the fist close around it. And you remember that it wasn't your fist. It was someone else's. It's hard to place directly. But it wasn't my crystal. Mm-mm. No, no, you know for a fact it wasn't yours. Um, give me a power roll, Jack. 18 under 50. It's a hard success. You instantly remember that that stone is magenta and it was warm because the the light that came through it almost glinted through the the spaces in the fingers. And you you remember whose stone it is and you remember who had it. Oh, I'll go find Sam. Okay. We will get back to that. Miss Lane with 3 to 4 days at sea likely hopefully knowing climate weather or strange things what would miss lane spend her time doing sure she probably would have brought some books in her um bag from home undoubtedly probably jackson elias books yeah i i would probably spend my time on the deck um i'm assuming they have some cargo boxes on the deck and stuff probably to sit on some larger ones, I'd probably sit on there and go over any documentation that we had brought with us if, you know, available and... One of the deckhands brings you a chair very um, graciously. Thank you. Please, sit. So I I go over that material again because I want to be prepared when we Mm -hmm. go into Egypt. Mm -hmm. Um, I also brought a leisure book as well. Okay. Yeah, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll as you uh, collect your things there? Got an 81 out of 88. Okay. You notice that there's a um, a book in your collection you were not familiar with. You don't remember putting it here. And what's the book called? Oh, there's no name on it. Oh, so I... Uh pick it up and look at the spine and mm-hmm. kind of flip it over and there's something on the cover and it looks like a weird symbol yeah with three lines squiggly lines and a dot in the middle mm-hmm. do I know what this is you're not immediately certain but you stare at it a little bit and you start hearing this strange violin like in my head mm-hmm. it's not like around the outside right just is it like I'm remembering something? Uh, maybe. It's a little misty. My my, my memory? Mm-hmm. Or the outside. Okay. <laughs> um, I open the book. Do I see anything? Yeah. There's um. There's some writing. It's in French. You read French, right? I do. Uh, what's your French? 26. Good. Why don't you roll French for me? Oh, I got a 91. That's just not that's just not going to work. Miss Lane, the hand of fate is going to make that roll a success. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's, that's, thank you, hand of fate. Yeah, you may want to not. But, um. I, I don't want, I don't want to thank the hand of fate. Not just yet. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Somebody voted against you. Uh, 
All right, so I would like you to make me a sanity roll. Oh, for love of... Seriously? Why do you all keep opening books with strange symbols on it? I'm just because saying. Because it's fun. Because <laughs> okay. I got to touch it. All right. I got to touch the book. That's the doctor's thing. It's a touchy thing. No, he touches nasty, gross things that might be dead laying on the table. <laughs> I touched the book. That's true. <laughs> nasty, gross things. That's true. That's true. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mm, let me get that, that feet all flash. Right. Give me that. Sanity. Give me a sample. Ooh, I got a 76 out of 41. Well, that is a fail. Yes. Very good. Ouch. Ouch. Dude, if I take off my clothes and start dancing again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thankfully, you're not alone on the deck. So. I try to jump off the ship. All right. Lose through sanity. Oh, it's only oh that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're all like, that's eh. uh, not too bad. It's been worse. Screw I mean, you it could be like Kate. 10. I'm already at 41. I don't need to be any lower. The interior of the book seems to explain or seems to lay out a play. A specific play. Is it one that I've seen before? Oh, no. You don't. Uh, maybe? You'd have to read. You'd have to keep reading it to know for, to know for sure. Okay. I'll keep reading it. We'll say that you're going to spend a little time reading that book. I'll get back to you in a little bit. Uh, so, Jack, you approach and find Sam that first day, likely in the afternoon. Sam, can I ask you a question real quick? Mm-hmm. I'm probably sitting doing like a skim of Life as a God. When we were on the train, did you have a dream? I closed the book. <laughs> like an unusual dream. Did, did I have a dream? I don't know, Sam. Why don't you give me a power roll? I don't want to give you a power roll. I'm reading. <laughs> give it to me. I roll pow. Oh, don't be reading mythos tones if you don't want to roll pow. Oh, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a 30 out of 55. It's a success. Yeah. You did dream. There was a train. There was gunfire. You heard Lawrence's voice. I probably dropped the book accidentally just kind of lose focus for a second um i'll scramble to pick it up and i did i did i did you did i did how did you know yeah yeah i I did too but even more important did you bring something back from your dream did look anything like this and i'll fish out my uh crystal that's creepy (laughs) did i i don't i don't know you're not sure i don't I mean, I, I have all the things that I had, so if I had it, it would, would it be in my things? It would. I, I will check my duffels. I, only, I mean, I have two duffels in my clothes. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll check my pockets? Check your pockets first. Your fingers dive in your pockets, and your brain wishes that your fingers didn't feel the cold, almost marble-esque stone as it kind of dances down the side of this cylindrical stone object. I probably I probably unconsciously close my fist around it. Pull it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Forsyth. He gave that to you. I'll open my hand. Roll sand. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! That is a hard success, 24 over 71. Alright. So you as well lose three sanity. You come to a very shaking realization 
And that is that somehow, some way, in a dream which you didn't at first believe to be true, on a train you don't remember falling asleep on, you somehow procured a physical object from said dream and brought it back with you. And it's at this point you realize that your hand is shaking and your arm is trembling and your face and forehead is a little sweaty. Jackie, watch someone go into what is effectively shell shock in front of you. Here, sit down. I wasn't. I am. I was. I wasn't. I am now. Here, take a drink. Oh, nice. The Jack flask. That's my answer to everything. As soon as I smell it, I take a long, hard pull on it. That's the sanity flask, son. <laughs> Welcome um, to the club. Once I, once I realize what it is, like there's probably a small tip back and like a moment of clarity. Oh, yeah. And then till it burns, keeper, till it burns. Understood. It's probably a good eight or ten seconds before your body and your esophagus scream at you to stop. Mm. Should I? I mean, I'll keep it safe. Lawrence gave all of this, except for uh, Lillian and you. One of these back in Chicago. He got from a dream himself. I don't know what it does, but apparently occasionally they get warm. It seemed... It seemed like it was a part of him. You know, like it was some... Something. A reminder of a promise. You should probably keep it close. Apparently I was doing it without even knowing. I put it in my other pocket. Well, I'll let you uh, absorb that. I give him a thumbs up and just kind of sit there and for a while. <laughs> kick my legs against the box and ponder. Uh... You know, that book doesn't seem so crazy now. Actually, I'm going to pick it back up. So, <laughs> uh, as described, you were reading Life as a God. Yeah. Uh, a book that um, a few other folks here have read, maybe one in particular. Um, but the nice part about Life as a God is it's really written from the perspective of a mad who can well one person who could only be described as a madman, right? Uh, you read a lot about in that skim uh, a man named Montgomery Crompton, who came back from Egypt, possessed with the idea that he could become immortal. Right, murderistic. Oh yeah, he claimed to have had visions of a being called the Black Pharaoh some forgotten ruler of Egypt who possessed magical if not divine powers he joined a cult while he was there uh, and that cult praised a being called Nivrin Ka he eventually returns to Great Britain in, just after the 1800s or 1805 and starts his own cult and starts working things up. And he turns into a murderous sadist who is prone to these massive megalomaniacal delusions. And the, the point he makes through his writings is that he believed that he could kill his way to divinity. It's an, it's an utterly shattering read. He was um, eventually incarcerated, right? Yep. He was eventually incarcerated, but um, 
There is no record of his death. Right. Okay. Primarily, I wanted to get through the, the skim on that so that I could produce notes. Um, so that's just kind of like my day one. Other than, you know, being having my world absolutely shattered and thinking and traveling to alternate places with new trains and cats. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I add that to my notes as well. Um, so you can get through the skim probably by uh, a full day mm-hmm. and then the notes will be you know part of the rest of the time that you have available to you in this uh, this journey I guess what if you've got a couple of days left what would Sam concentrate on after that so I was going to revisit my conversation with uh, Lillian with um, okay. the yeah. the summation of my treatment notes um, it's always an interesting read for me <laughs> so you know Narr- like the, the doctor's narration so yeah I oh sure I will go um at some point uh, track down Lillian and notes in hand kind of look for an opportunity to steal a conversation yeah I'd say that she's probably spending most of her her voyage uh reading um but it doesn't seem to be something that she can't break away from Lillian um the couple of days that you spend reading this book are fairly noteworthy um, although I would like you to make me two additional sanity rolls <laughs> as you will now make them every night forever um, alright I have a 67 mm-hmm. out of 38 okay. and then I have a 61 out of 38 okay so you'll lose one point every night or every night Uh, by the second and third night you have noticed that the book seems a little this play that's written into it seems a little strange um you're having a hard time rereading certain sections you're not sure what's going on with the you're not sure what's the issue with the paper is uh you're also noticing that you're starting to suffer nosebleeds. I just assume it's the salt. Clearly. And the ocean Clearly. air. But but Sam does eventually come call. My I, I'm nose deep in my in my book, trying to reread another passage. I will uh tap the spine of the book like above her eye line. <laughs> yeah, you're not it's not impossible for you to break away from it. I, I look up and I, I wipe my nose at the same time as I see some blood yet again. You okay? Sam? I'm, oh, yeah, it's just ocean air. Do you have a second? Sure. I close my book. I sit down with kind of like the doctor's notes. You're asking questions that I can't really answer for you, but the doctor felt like we came to some understanding. So maybe it would help you be able to make sense of whatever questions you have about what, <laughs> what I am. Well, I, I, I didn't mean any disrespect when I asked that. It's just that... No, it's fine. It is. Uh, I, it'd be nice for someone else to know. Okay. I, I'm i just... I'm just a curious person. I I like to... I, it's just who I am. It gets me into trouble, too, so... New book? What? No, this is not... My, what book? I just picked it up along the way. I take the papers from him. Or is it a paper? 
it's a it's a it's I mean it's a bunch of doctor's notes, but basically okay. it's uh so the doctor suspects that when I'm in difficult situations, impossible situations, that there's a bit of a shift in my personality that results in what he called uh, personality death, persona death, something like that. Self-cannibalization. He had a bunch of words for it. So, so you're not a, you're not a supernatural being. I stare at her. <laughs> I told you I was a man. I, I I see that the outside of you is a man. I was the inside that I was. <laughs> I kind of like <laughs> pat myself self-consciously. You pat yourself self-consciously and feel a hard kind of piece of stonework in your pocket. Does this make me supernatural? I show her the stone. Do I recognize it as Lawrence's? Absolutely. Where'd you get that? It's funny you should ask. And I'm just kind of wondering. But I can't give you two. You're asking me. So now there's two different lines of questions you have. I can either tell you about myself or we can talk about the stone. Well, I think I have the gist of what you're saying about you. That you're a man. You And you. Yes. I, I, I think I understand now. I, I am. I am educated and all. I'm pretty sure. Um, But where did you get Lawrence's stone? Uh, a shared dream with Jack and others? Strangers? Why was I not? What? Uh, Strangers um, on a train and cats. Oh my gosh, there were cats. I didn't have this dream. Why was I not in this dream? I, I put, had a dream. I, I quickly put the stone it wasn't away. A, it wasn't the same dream. <laughs> Where's, what? Uh, what? Wait, you had a dream? I'm even more, I, I, I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream. It obviously was not the same dream as the rest of you. Well, how do you know? You, I don't know what your dream was. You, doesn't yours didn't involve a train. It, it did not. It involved a play, a ballet. There was no, but none of you were there. I didn't bring anything back with me. Well, as far as I know. <laughs> but it seems, it seems to, it seems it happened. Oh well, did you talk to Lawrence? More, he talked to us. What did he say? Does he miss me? Does he miss me? <laughs> I will do my best. If I can, how much of that dream can I recall? Like, is it vivid at this point? Mm, it gets, vi- actually, just speaking about it with Lillian makes it more vivid. I'm going to do my best foresight impression and try to say what he said in his words. The information that Lawrence may or may not have conveyed to him is is fairly concise and that is is that Lawrence feels like the group doesn't understand that, that they're running out of time and that they needed to refocus and get to work which sounds a whole lot like Lawrence it, it does I, I the look on my face is a little I'm a little little down because you know I didn't, Lawrence didn't speak to me in my dream I thought we had something special. We also had to listen to some some uh, noble father chastise his daughter for some time. Well, I'm so glad that didn't happen in my dream. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys got to see Lawrence. I'm very... just wish I could have seen him. But 
a nice stone you have. Did I mention that we were on a train in another place that is not here? Listen, Maeve and I and Doctor have had a dream together before, and let's just say I I understand where you're coming from, and it's it's, it's not new to us. So, um, I'd love to hear more about the dream, though. But I, I, but I really want to read the doctor's notes about you. <laughs> um, I, can I give them back to you when I'm done? Sure. Um, quick question. I mean, do you want How, them back? Do you want me to pass them around? I mean, <laughs> I, w- I would ask that you didn't. I know. I, w- I wouldn't do that, of course. Um, How much of her book can I see right now? Or was I able to see, like, while we were talking? Or she shut it when I came back? Uh, she probably shut it when you came back. Okay. Probably can't even. There's no title on it, so. Yeah. Well, I, I hope um, you. If you're satisfied, I'm satisfied. I, I have an understanding now. And. Um, but I and I thank you for, um, for sharing, you know, sharing this with me. I, he thinks it's I, happened six times. It's a lot. At least based on these, and I will show her my shin. You're gonna show me your knee. My my shin. And I show her the basically this. There's like at this point six circular scars on my leg, one of which is pretty fresh. She gets a confused look on her face again, but I just don't even know. So, so that's what y'all do. And now, Miss O'Shea, you have four days at sea. How are you spending your time? Well, mostly I'm going to be on the deck whenever there's sun and warm air. Mm-hmm. Um, probably wearing a very light dress so that I can get as much sun as possible. Oh, yeah. Now that pasty-ass Irish skin <laughs> crisps up real quick. Uh, no, but... Uh, I would say probably after the first day or two. Yeah. Any part of you that wants to tan is probably going to get there. And then uh, my big thing that I'm going to do is um, see what I can find about the God of the Black Wind or the Mountain of the Black Wind that has been mentioned Mm. in the... the communication from Jackson Elias. We have that from the Prospero House. Yeah. So uh, I'll probably look at his book of um, African sects. Mm-hmm. Sects. Yes. Um, and then also look in the Noctic scripts. And then if there's any other books that I don't have that I think I might need, I will have to go collect them. Africa's Dark Sect is in my possession right now. Right. Okay. Well, then I'm going to have to go ask Sam for it. Yeah, I'll go to his room and knock on the door. I guess I, yeah, I probably have a quarters at this point. I will, uh, which, is this on day one or day two? I would imagine it's one or two, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's going to be one of the first books I'm going to look in because, um, duh, it's right on the book. Enjoying your time aboard? Uh, yeah. Can I get one of the books back from you? Sure. What's going on? Well, in the letter we got from the Prospero House with communication, from Jackson Elias, he mentioned um, a cult or a god. So I wanted to see if it was in his book that you have. Sure. I mean, if there's something specific that we're looking for, we can probably cut the time and have to work together. It's not like I can't read it. Um, sure. 
This is the bloody tongue book, right? Right. Which they've already mentioned, but I did a lot of study on that already. Um, I just want to know if there's a mention of this particular one. Um, I don't... I don't know how to tell you. Uh, I don't... I guess I don't want to be super rude, but I read really fast and skim real fast. And I've already read through this once, so I just want to skim and look. I offer the book. I mean, I can get it back to you in, you know, a little bit of time. I just... Tell you what, um, I'm going to be getting some notes together on Life as a God that I would love for you to review. Oh, uh, he's dead. Crompton? Yeah. When? Me, Lillian, and the doctor took care of him. Wait a minute. But he was in Northern England in 1800. Oh, yeah. If you look in the very back of that book, there's this article that talks about that he was spotted again in, what did they say, 1901, I think. Uh, and and he was spotted coming out of a schoolhouse with a huge bust of the Black Pharaoh. Um, actually, what he was doing is he was, uh, looks like, well, uh, with this cult, they do this complex, complex, I mean, super complex ritual um, where they basically bring his spirit over to our side from the spirit world. But they make him a body that's like in a call. And um, so he gets like this fresh like body that's like grown out of you don't even want to know. So um, we went to um, actually find out what he well, my father was around at that time. But um, anyways, uh, so we went to retrace the steps of this ritual and came across the house. And um, because something happened to um, some friends um, that did this. And um, yeah, his spirit tried to come through, but um, we got rid of it. Okay, then. But still, he lived to be over 150. Well, he wasn't. I mean, his spirit was alive. I see. But he didn't have a body. That's how he was going to plan on... I mean, us, That's what I assume. That's the notes I've read that we found there. Was that he was going to... That's how he was going to stay immortal. Is that this cult would continue to do this ritual. If he needed a new body or if something happened to him. I don't know. I don't know if this was... If he possessed this body that he made, then he would be alive forever because it would essentially be like a a golem or a something like that. Sure, but it would be safe to assume that he wouldn't be able to do this without the favor of this black pharaoh, right? This, this mythical figure. I guess. I didn't really see any evidence per se of the god. You know, like we've seen in other instances? Well, I mean, it, it seems that these uh, these warlocks don't make this power in of themselves. Like, they're essentially granted it, right? It depends. Granted knowledge of, or, or whatever. That's just, these aren't things that come to a person naturally. Uh, anyway. I, I don't know that it was necessarily the, like, there is an old one named the Black Pharaoh. I think it might be linked to uh, this black wind, perhaps. 
or it's a bastardization because he brought it back to England and he was making it for himself, so he had to change it. So then I can't see him kneeling to another deity. It sounds like these are all the, I mean, it stands to reason, just based on what I've seen so far, that this this Black Pharaoh, Nivren Ka, mm-hmm. him who dwells in shadow before the light comes, Pharaoh of Shadows, these, these are all different names for the same thing or at least the same the same thing that these cults are, are worshiping working for whatever agenda it has right so i mean the the possibility is that these all these cults are coming from the same deity but all have different names and all different purposes because they don't all operate the same other than murder well i don't know that that's true and, and, and forgive me for this but the, the these are kind of independently operating disjointed cells, but they're they're being organized with the assistance of otherworldly powers and, and magic that is transcontinental. And mm-hmm. They're all on the same schedule. That's the only reason why I think it might be one particular deity. But they all call it something different. We don't necessarily know what they want yet, what the, no. the, the agenda is. Well, I can assume it's not good considering all of the ones we've run into so far have some form of sacrifice. I have more on this on my other notes. Here's the here's the book you asked for. Oh, thank you. We can uh, reconvene. Uh, just, when we get to Egypt, we should get situated. There's, there's plenty to talk about. Sure. Sure. So you're going to search through Africa's Dark Sex for something on the Black Wind? Yeah. like So like the specific books I'm looking at I just want a reference like either a reference to the black wind that I can then reference to something else like if it does reference the black pharaoh or if so, it, it Africa's dark sex does reference a couple of things right uh, so uh, the text itself does talk about a cannibalistic cult um, not only cannibalism, but also bestiality um, in certain various African tribesmen. Um, the regions that get discussed in it include East Africa, uh, the Kenyan uh, Crown Colony, and German East Africa in particular, the Belgian Congo and West Africa. Uh, the cult name in whispers by the natives, the Bloody Tongue, is supposedly based far in the interior but has followers in Mombasa, Nairobi, and even Muslim Zandivar. Their idols are human-shaped, though surrounded with long red trunks instead of a head. It is rumored that more than one missionary has discovered that when the whites leave, the natives swap a head topped by a crown of thorns for one with a bloody tongue. So almost as if they are playing at the Judeo-Christian crown of thorns deity while uh, missionaries are around. And then they swap in a different idol when they have the freedom of uh, freedom, freedom from prying eyes. Right. I, yeah, I have notes on the bloody tongue that I did before too, but that's the only one that he talks about in there is 
Cult yeah. of the Bloody Tongue? Okay. Yeah, you don't see any reference in there to um, the Black Wind or the... Mountain of the Black the Wind. The Mountain of the Black Wind. Okay. Well, then I'll uh, give that book back. Okay. Yeah, it takes you maybe more than... No more than maybe six hours, having read it already, to do the skim and to look for any uh, adjacent words. And then I'll just... Uh... When I return it to you, Sam, I'm just going to tell you, like, this is one you will want to read because this is specific to Africa and to some of the places we are going to visit. I've given it a once over. I'll be giving it a, a in-depth review soon. Um, while uh, I continue to get my notes ready for uh, On the Life as a God, you were looking, you said you were looking for mentions of this Black Pharaoh. I keep seeing, I keep seeming to find that there are too many coincidental connections between these London spiritual society and these cultists. If not directly, then indirectly, it seems that there was a schism at some point. Yeah, it was actually started there. And then I think there was a... Basically, what the... From what I can understand, because I went to the spiritualist society, I actually belong to it. Um that the what the ritual required and what they also had knowledge of first of all they they're very basic there like they have very like surface knowledge of like the spiritual world and others like you know your your roadside mediums your you know scary old ladies that come shake your tables and you know stuff like that i don't i don't know that i agree considering the contents of this journal from this uh reginald masterson talk pretty in depth about uh, a ritual that he was working on with some unnamed accomplice that involved uh enslaving these creatures these winged horrors using some Enchanted whistle. Whoa, 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 what what journal is this? The gray book that I showed you the first day that you yelled at me. It's that one. <laughs> you haven't read this book. Oh, the one I haven't read yet. Hmm. Uh, this is a diary by uh, Masterson that touches on some of the things that he wanted to. He and this other person wanted to do with the spiritual society, but the problem is every time we. Probably Gavigan, who also was kind of kicked out. Well, wasn't also your father in the spiritual society? Yes, he was. Or perhaps there's some other unknown collaborator we've yet to unmask. It's not like these people are forced to work in the tightest of circles. I mean, who is there now? Well, there were witnesses that my father and Gavigan also had an argument about how this ritual was going to work and whether or not people were going to be hurt. And the way that Gavigan wanted to do it was, from what I gather, unethical. And also didn't, like, basically, he was going to try and change things for himself. Well, if the results were unrecorded and the journal stops there, so we can assume that either the right was a success, and if it was Gavigan, he usurped the tool for his own ends, or Masterson died in the process, at which point Gavigan and likely his would be number two assume possession of the item for their own ends hmm. 
Yeah, I bet you. So what happened with the ritual, as far as I could tell, was almost like a trade had to be made. But is this the same ritual? I, I bet you it is. I mean, I'd have to look at the book and read it to see if that's the same ritual. How many people does it take? I didn't get that far. I just know it's here. Still, uh, if it's the one that my father was trying to do and the one that... um, See, my father was trying to cross over to the spirit world to go find what has been tormenting my mother. So he wasn't trying to live forever. He wasn't... I think he thought he could come back. It seems like that there had to be an exchange. So somebody had to cross over in order for the spirit to come back. Is the, is the way that I kind of see it. But I don't know 100% because I don't have a full and complete record of the ritual. This, if I'm reading this correctly, is just about the creation of an item. Does that sound right? keeper yeah it seems like the focus of that book specifically is to create an item and then seemingly as the more frenetic and quite frankly outlandish writing continues it looks like the aim was to create this bone whistle so that way a being from beyond could be called and the descriptions match the the things right the winged things oh, yeah. Are there well, pictures? The, um, they <laughs> they match uh, the pictures in that book. They don't match the description of the thing that you things that you saw at the Miser House. Interesting. So two different types of winged things. You you get the impression from the writing that the whistle is almost like a dog whistle. Yeah. In the sense that it's to call a pet. What kind of winged things is he calling? I mean, see for yourself. You show the illustrations. Yep. Um. So, as far as the wing, these are pretty gross illustrations. Hmm. Um, quick picture of it. But it's different than these. It is absolutely different than yes. Um, <clears throat> this, the creature that it depicts is something rather disgusting Um, but it's not terribly large Uh, so it seems anyway to have this pair of almost spindly legs almost like a uh, a flamingo Mm -hmm. and then they they, they thicken up near the thighs until there's a, a larger more round body but there's almost like this gangly lizard neck that ends in a in a uh, in a sharpened almost crocodile head and there are two wide uh, what we would more look like wyvern wings attached to it yeah I was going to say is it more like wyvern like it doesn't have arms yeah oh those look fun but yeah the the, the, the um, illustration is fairly graphic well um I would assume that that is something we don't want to make? I imagine not. Okay. At, the, at least not today. We'd probably want to know a bit more about these things before we call any of them. Right. That's kind of my thoughts. Well, um, thank you for not 
giving me a hard time about the book. And uh, I gotta go check some other things and see if I can find anything, any reference, and maybe solidify whether or not this is all the same deity. Or, are you sitting down? Because this might be real scary. I'm always kind of sitting down. There are several of them that want to make the move at the same time. It's not surprising. No, but I don't know that a group of people are going to be able to do anything about it. I don't know that that's necessarily what we should be focused on. I know what you're saying, though. My concern right now is that there is a a shipment of material that I feel is wrapped up in all this. And considering the nature and the size of it, I worry that if what Lawrence is saying is true, that sounds weird to say, and we are running out of time, wherever those things were going was likely where they were going to be used. What what material are you talking about? The machines, the, the ones that, that Gavigan oh. was sending to China. Right. Yeah, in and amongst those same shipments, there were pieces going to Cairo yeah. as well. Yeah, we're running out of time because we need to stop these rituals, stop these cults, if we have any hope. Because if any of the old ones come in, then we're we're done. We're we are absolutely done. Unless you got somebody that's going to get your back. Isn't it kind of exercise in futility, though? I mean, not to say that our efforts aren't worthwhile, but going after these cults, they just seem to fill themselves in, like these. The bloody tongues, for example, um, there are going to be more of them. The 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 disciples of the Nivrun Ka, different Ka. They have a new leader already. Sure, but is that leader as powerful as Gavigan was? Well, I, I think what's more important is are they willing to carry out the agenda of whoever this Black Pharaoh is? That's assuming that they also have the power to do it. Trust me, you cannot speak to these deities and call them forth or do any of that stuff without any real power. But they can be pawns and they can get more pawns until they have enough pawns to make the power they need. Well, then we got to hope that we can collect enough information to figure out if it is all centrally somewhere. Because otherwise, then why do this at all? Well, again, because I would love to thumb my nose at these things, personally. Whether or not it's impactful. Yeah. Well, all we can do right now is research, and we'll be at the port in a few days. So, given that, Miss O'Shea, your last couple of days, how are you spending them? Uh, looking in the other books. Okay. So, including the Book of Yvonne and... Yeah, and the Noctic scripts. Okay. I might borrow People of the Monolith. I know that's mostly about Atlantis and all that stuff, but if there's even the smallest reference. Now, I also know that, because that was the book I was reading when I had the dream about the three ladies, right? And the horse and the baby. Yep. Okay. So, I might, if I have time, look in that one too. If I have to ask Sam for it no, again, I don't. I, I don't have. I don't have Atlantic um, things. My, the books I have, I have Life as a God, Dark Sex, Shafiq's book that's in Arabic, and um, that's about it. And my the Gray Journal. Okay. The chronometers. I still have okay. both of those. Sure. 
So then I would ask you with those four days, Miss O'Shea, are you at night banking as you would normally do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ten every time. Sure. Well, I mean, until it's full. It's nearly there. No, it, w- it would be it. Yeah. Okay. So I think that is a perfect time to end our episode. So we hope that you have enjoyed our transitional phase between uh, the England chapter and our now nearly current chapter as we approach Egypt. We thank you for your listening ears. Thank you.